What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Candy Dish Podcast, brought to you by collegecandy.com. As usual, I'm your host, Steph, and today we're going to be talking to someone from MTV's latest venture into reality TV. It's called Stranded with a Million Dollars, and I have to admit that I'm hooked. Uh, If you're not watching, the premise is 10 cast members are brought onto an island and given $1 million in increments. The catch is that they need to use the money to buy supplies and food to survive at ridiculously marked up prices. Like we're talking $5,000 for a pizza, $30,000 for a tent. So it dwindles down rather quickly. But let's talk to one of the guys that actually lived through it. Um, Please welcome Cody Dunlap. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Cody. What's up? I'm pumped. I'm Um, so excited. Like I could talk about Stranded literally forever, probably. Really? I feel like you're somebody who would do this if the prize was a piece of pizza. <laughs> that's what I said. I mean, that's what was in, uh, what, episode two. I was telling Chris, dude, I would do far worse things for far less money. And, uh, man, I would be willing, I definitely would be willing to compete um, in Stranded and Starve on the Island for uh, for far less. I mean, you think about Naked and Afraid. And that's yeah. kind of the thing. Like, they literally do it for free. I, don't, I definitely wouldn't do it for free, but <laughs> I would do it for a lot less. <laughs> so, like, why did you go on the show? Did you want the money? Did you want the experience? Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's interesting to see, like, to, to ask that question to everyone who's, who gets on MTV. Basically, I grew up watching um, The Real World and my, my first season was Philly with um, Landon and MJ. Yes. I, I turned into a super fan immediately, right? And then all, all, Real World Austin was after that, and that was when I, like, just loved this stuff, loved the challenge. Um, I've always watched a lot of reality TV, not just MTV, but all of it. Anything that's reality competition, so, like, there's a winner and a loser and there there's a purpose behind it. Um, my goal as I was, like, graduating high school, going into um, – my real life after, you know, after you move out, I wanted to play college sports really bad. I wanted to play baseball really bad and I just couldn't find um, a place to play. So that's when I was like, all right, I got to get on one of these shows where I can freaking compete. (laughs) Um, And it was when stranded, like I wanted to get on the challenge and there were two routes there. Right. So you had Are You The One and Real World. Right. And I almost, you have to wait till you're 21 for those shows because they want you to drink and act stupid, right? So when I turned 21, I had been preparing for like a few years. <laughs> and because um, I actually, I, so I was a big fan of uh, the challenge and stuff, but like I wasn't good at talking on camera. I was like shy in social uh, situations, stuff like that. And um, I had, so I kind of had to train a little bit before, but by the time I was 21, I was like ready to go. Almost got on Are You The One 3, um, and I didn't. And after that, I was really pissed off, but it was like chip on your shoulder, motivated, pissed off. And then I met Autumn, who I like am very serious about. So I couldn't get on Are You The One, so I was like, crap, how am I going to get on Real World? Like, this is going to be kind of hard for me because <laughs> I don't drink at all, and I, I'm in a serious relationship. So those are two kind of things that would like not let you get on. Right. Um, but then I found Stranded. And when I read the description, like, on the casting, MTV's casting page, like, I didn't read survival show. I just read Cody Dunlap, 
this is you. And as soon as I read it, I knew like, I'm going to get on this thing. And, uh, now it's happening. The rest is history, I guess, or, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. Five camps. (laughs) Oh man. So (laughs) when you saw the description of the show, um, did you get the full premise of it or did you go in a little blind, like not knowing what to expect? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, what we knew was, um, 40 days, 10 people, life-changing amount of money, and we knew MTV, so we knew the network, so that was pretty important to me. And I basically, in my head, I was like about 100% sure it was either going to be half a million dollars or a million dollars. And because I knew there was 10 people, I was thinking it's going to be tough for like, like I didn't know how the format, I obviously didn't know how the format at all would be. Um, to answer your question, but I was thinking 10 people, that's such a small amount of people. Like it's, it can't necessarily be like, um, it can't really be like how the challenge ends or how survivor ends or big brother. Cause like those, those shows start with like around 20 people more. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was trying to figure it out. Um, but I knew I, I knew I could like, I think it, it, it's just the way that I'm, my brain's wired and then combined probably with my military experience, but I can really like think strategic on the fly. So I wasn't too worried about what it would be. I just knew there's going to be a winner. Um, if someone's going to win money. So I knew it was a competition and that's all I needed to know really. Okay, cool. So, I mean, when I saw previews for the show, I didn't really grasp how strategy could play a role in the game. But your strategy in the first couple episodes was to buy the fewest amount of supplies possible in order to weed out the weaker cast members. Did you just come up with that, you know, on the way there? Like, when did that happen? Okay, so we when we found out the rules of the game, it was early on. And my gosh, it was such it was such a sigh of relief when I found out the way that you go home as you quit. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I was like, well, I'm not a quitter. I feel pretty, I feel good now because I don't have to worry about going like home right away. Like obviously 40 days is such a long time. I still had my concerns, you know, cause I've never done anything like this. Yeah. But as soon as I heard you couldn't be voted out, I was like, well, this is great because I can do, I can focus more on like being like, do I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be paranoid about people voting me out. Um, and then once I realized like, everyone potentially could get to the end or no one could get to the end. I kind of told myself, look, somebody has to get to the end because you have to, you have to realize like it's a TV show too. So I thought to myself, there's no way that no one will get to the end. Mm -hmm. So I felt, I mean, I just, it's simple math, I guess, less people, more money, get more percentage, more money, more money. Like it's, it's so simple. So I knew, (laughs) like I told Chris, like dude we got to cut these numbers down and I was even thinking like I don't know how I'm gonna get Chris to leave if he's like because I just met him at this point if he's like this close to me because if someone's an ally with me and we're doing this well because we had we, we had the only waterproof shelter at camp one like we were really doing well and that's when that's when the whole word thrive came to my mind because I was like this is amazing like this is we're doing so well it's unbelievable compared to everybody else um but yeah, that was, that was kind of com- the common sense thing. I was surprised that I was the only one that was thinking that way. Yeah, me too. I definitely would have sided with you on that one. Um, but when you met Chris, did you know right away that you guys were kind of going to be allies? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it's like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it in words. It was like, uh, and on the first episode, I like, I like watching that part where I'm like, I'm Cody, by the way, <laughs> you just see like something like it, love at first sight. Like we are just, the chemistry is just through the freaking roof immediately. And, um, it was pretty quick. I mean, he was, he was the only one that wanted to build shelter on the first day. So it was kind of like in my book, like when I was thinking, who do I want to work with? It was like, well, obviously the one other person that is thinking about building shelter and he didn't know what he was doing, but he was like, dude, like I'm down, just tell me what to do and I'll help you out. So that was good. Cool. Cool. So it seems like most of this um, season has been you and Chris and Makani versus I call them team 10. Um, and I got to say, like, I'm totally on your side with this because the other players weren't going to let you sleep in the tent because you didn't vote to buy it. But like you said, they took your money that's from the pot that partially belongs to you. It's insane. Yeah, they took. Yeah, so they took the groups. It's um, it's interesting. Someone was describing it to me that is in my army unit. It's big into survival. Um, but like apparently when, whenever you're in a situation like that, it's an easy way to put it is like, it's, it's a mental thing, right? It's the mental side of like survivor or being kidnapped or something like that. You just start to, you go into survival mode and you just forget about everything else. And, uh, they went, the four campers went into that very quickly and they just threw everything out the window, except for like, I got to spend, I mean, that's it really, when I read about this, like, I forgot what it was called, but it kind of made sense. They basically just lost their mind. Um, <laughs> and they spent $105,000 on yeah. day five and it was all of our money, but they wanted to use it for themselves. Now, actually, I want to take this as an opportunity to say, I, people get mad at them. Like you spent the group's money and you only used it on themselves. Yeah. That's part of the game. And that's actually smart to do something like that. It's smart to buy a tent and only use it yourself. It would have been even more smart if they could have, well, now we're, we're going into um, camp six. So tomorrow night's camp six. Um, it's four to two. What they really should do, all they need is, uh, all they need is if they can cut one of their own, they'll still have the majority. So what they should do is they should get rid of one of their own and still have their majority because that's like the most important thing to them to buy stuff right but um yeah i mean it's part of the game and that's actually smart the thing that is dumb about it incredibly stupid so if you want to get mad at them don't get mad because they're not sharing the tent that's that's a good move by them what's a horrible move is buying it so early that you help um carry floaters further in the game so like for me the tent's a good deal thirty thousand dollars you get a tent you get the tarp that it comes on you get a uh, paracord that comes, you get all this stuff that you can use in a survival setting right. so that you don't have to spend money. But to do it so early, you're keeping floaters in the game that just really would go home without it. But it's tough because they're all so weak that like, it's hard to identify who's really the strongest out of them. So. <laughs> I mean, I can, in my mind, identify the weakest, someone who I did not think would make it this far. So I want to know who from that group you think didn't wasn't going to make it this far uh this far camp five far yeah what we've seen i would say well i thought i would say all of them (laughs) um but then it's tough because if you 
if they all leave, like, like, you know how the first three people left, like, episode one slash five minutes into episode two. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, what the hell is this show going to turn into, like, you know, turn into a, a dual survival between me and McConaughey for, you know, 35 days. Um, <laughs> so I realized the temptations are good for working to the weaker link's favor, obviously. Um, so when I factored in temptations and have group by power, I mean, I didn't think any of them were going to last this this long. But at first, I thought Gina yeah. was the weakest. That was, That's my like, answer. <laughs> all the, okay, all of them except Eilis seemed like she wouldn't quit, but you know, you don't know how she would act if you took if she didn't have a tent and didn't have her um, pizza every four days. <laughs> um, so it's tough. Like one day, like I would be out there and I'd be like, all right, this person's the weakest, and then all of a sudden you see one of the other ones like start crying. And then you're like, wait, is that person the weakest of the four? Because you're trying to identify someone who's significantly weaker and then kind of talk to the stronger ones in the four and be like, look, you guys have a two-person advantage, so you can still have the majority to buy pizzas and you can cut the numbers down, which helps you guys out like in so many ways. But the problem was they all kind of thought in their heads that they were the weakest. So it was like mm-hmm. hard for them to make an actual game move. Like, it's it stinks, but that's kind of how it was going for me. Interesting. So when was the point that maybe, of course, you're still, your head's in the game. You're still doing fine, it seems. Is there any point yeah. so far that you felt at the lowest and you thought about maybe flaring out? Uh, no, I hadn't. Um, I hadn't thought about flaring out um, up until Camp 5 even once. It's more of a thing like make sure you don't get hurt and make sure you're, um, you know, always cleaning, always making sure you pull water from the cleanest parts of the, the stream and like just making sure that I stayed healthy because um, I'm the type of person that it would be like you would have to take me you would have to take me out. I'm not going to like personally say, all right, you know what, I probably could go a little further, but I'm I just am not in, you know, I can't take the, the suck factor right now. Like. The way that like some of the others, the others, well, I guess all of the, all of the people have really just kind of like when you watch like Michael quit in um, the beginning of episode two, mm-hmm. it's just like, there's like, it honestly was weird. It like didn't even seem like he cared. He just kind of wanted to bounce. So I knew that, you know, I wasn't thinking, I really wasn't thinking of quitting. I wasn't letting my mind even think that way. Cool. Um, are the hardest parts the treks to the new camps or is the hardest part mentally dealing with the boredom and the, you know, just sitting around all day with nothing to do. Yeah. So both of those things were not difficult for me. The tracks were enjoyable because it's fun. Like I go to national parks, I walk around and like, it's beautiful. Fiji is a beautiful place to walk, you know, up, up mountains and stuff. It's that's enjoyable. That was McConaughey and myself's favorite um, thing. Like out of the, you know, four day camps, that was kind of our, happy time okay and then um what boredom i was not man i was not bored at all because you know back to how we opened this it was a dream of mine since i was a little boy to get on mtv and get in the setting so i was just so happy to be there i I could not stop like i couldn't turn it off and um that actually helped distract me a lot from the hunger and stuff because i was just so happy for this opportunity um, and I think that does, I think that will play into people's like advantage if they're, if they're thinking about applying for stranded, 
if like their dream has been to get on the challenge since they're a little kid, they'll, it'll probably help them push a little harder because they'll realize this is my chance to prove myself. How bad do I want it? And for somebody who just wants to help their modeling career, acting career, well, then it's not going to motivate them as much as somebody who's literally been dying for this opportunity. So I loved it. Like I talked nonstop <laughs> when I wasn't talking to McConney. I was like talking to myself and um, it was it was it was fun for me. So like I wasn't bored out there. And if you're bored like go do something productive, like work on your shelter or go look for food or try. It's hard. It was harder to hunt when you didn't have as much, like, like it would have been better to buy something that you would help you hunt like a fishing, like fishing gear or something. Yeah. So it was kind of hard, like throwing stuff together without anything, but like you can do it to pass. Um, you can do it to pass time away. So there's always something to be done when you're in that setting. And it was, it wasn't boring for me, really. Like them buying the, uh, they bought the the set of playing cards. That's just mind-boggling because mm-hmm. they bought that at the camp that had the beautiful waterfall. That is like a sacred waterfall, like real life stuff. It's one of the coolest spots to travel to on the planet. And here we are, where it's obviously there's not tourists rolling through there. It's our private area. I mean, nobody gets that spot privately ever. If you if we were to plan a trip there right now, it'd be packed with tourists. So it's funny, like to buy. Who would need playing cards when you're there? Yeah. Like it's such an enjoyable place. So for me, I I can't really relate with anyone who says like they were bored out there. Honestly. All right. Good point. Good point. Um, I love that you're so obsessed with like the challenge and stuff because that's how I am. And that's how I grew up. Um. But how close did you get with the Are You The One audition? I got as close as you can get without getting on. Um, oh, shit. I was young, and I shaved my head. I sh- Sorry, not my head. That would have been dumb. I shaved my face before, and they. I think they just thought I looked too young. That's what they told me, but it was kind of – it was weird, man. It was like um, – it was only like a five-minute five deal, and then they sent me home. So I think they already had found the people they wanted. But um, gotcha. I, I mean, could you could you imagine Mr. Thrive and Devin? Well, in that's one what house? like that, that's that a thing. Epic. I don't think they would have let both of you on. I feel like if Devin dropped out, mm-hmm. they might have given you the call. Yeah, well, I think it was. I'm not. See, I don't think it was. I don't think we were playing for the same slot. No. Um, but I could see how you could see that. Um, but yeah, it would have been epic. But man, thank God because I found Autumn like that week and everything's worked out with her so that's that's perfect for me like real life long term you know tv's not everything and then stranded i mean i love stranded like when i is just a, it's so rare to get an opportunity where you can be in the first season of something that has potential to be like like stranded to me the potential is almost limitless yeah um going forward i really i really see potential you never know how to go but i feel like if everything's done the right way i feel like it'll be just huge be big time where as other shows kind of after a few seasons it starts being the same thing so they kind of ha- like hit that ceiling i feel like stranded has like you know you see shows that go 30 seasons i feel like if they keep they can there's so many twists you can add to it that it has potential so it's like 
things couldn't have worked out more perfect um, for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> with that. Um, there's definitely a bunch of twists that could be thrown in there for future seasons. Do you have any ideas? Or later this season, maybe. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I have ideas. I had ideas out there. I have ideas now. Um, I think the I think the biggest thing is like temptations. I'm not a huge fan of, but they do change. Like they add such a different element to the game because you can't just treat someone like crap because then they'll get a temptation and then they'll and temptations could they there's no rules on how much a temptation could cost. So it could be like a hundred fifty thousand dollar temptation. And then you just were a jerk to them, and now they're like, all right, well, let's do this, you know. I'll, right. I'll take this, whatever. But um, I think less temptations or change the way temptations are and more challenges. And I think you could do that by making, like, having a challenge and then having the re- reward um, be temptation-like, where it's like maybe you do – Survivor's kind of done this too, where you win a reward, you win the challenge, you, the reward is, okay, you can get a full pizza yourself, or you get no pizza and everyone else gets a slice. Something like that, where it'll it'll add twists socially. Um, but because temptations, to me, the problem I have with them is they're not earned at all. Right. So it's like, I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah, I definitely think that first episode, if Gina hadn't been chosen for the temptation, she would have bounced, like, immediately. But um, having some food in her stomach, she was like, yeah, I can tough it out a couple more days. It's so weird. I think I think that, too. You never know because she hasn't been to a temptation in a while. Right. That temptation was like less than 24 hours into the competition. That's what drives me nuts. (laughs) Because when you go into it, obviously you eat like you eat as much as you can until it's like, all right, time to go be planted on the island. So like. She still had food from like 20 hours ago and she ate her last meal. Right. So it's like, just doesn't make any sense. I know, I know. It's like the comfort thing, though, I think. Um, <laughs> the other interesting thing about this show is that it's shot with drones and, you know, personal cameras and things like that. So there were just no cameramen or crew like with you? It was like, it was like uh, iRobot. Just a bunch of robots running around uh, filming us. Um, That's really bizarre. Yeah. But I it mean, sounds, no, no. But um, what it was was I'm just kidding. Obviously, <laughs> it wasn't robots. What, what <laughs> I it know. Was, was, um, mounted. You can see them. You can see them. But it's not cameras that were mounted on trees and they had a swivel. Right. Um, and then obviously a lot of drones, um, especially on the journeys and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you get – it's one of those things where, like, you're just completely cut off from the outside world. And I've done it a few times with the Army um, where you just – you can't call anyone. You don't have any electronics. You just have what, what you got in the moment. And reality TV is pretty similar to that. And then on this island, it's even amplified where you're just so cut off and all you have is what is right there in front of you. And all you can do is think about other things. So it kind of, it it's kind of like brainwashing. It's really uh, there's a, there's definitely like a, a science behind it, like mint what it does to your mind. And um, I think my experiences being cut off before um, going to like army schools and stuff, 
it's helped me to where it doesn't affect me as much, but that's kind of how I like, cause I always try to justify like, why did the, why did the campers spend so much money and not seem to understand it? I kind of think they just lost their minds and um, <laughs> the way that it was filmed definitely contributes to that. Right. Yeah. You're totally cut off. Um, let me think. Um, but you still, you still know that it's going to be on national TV. So you can't right. say like, oh, well, they were a complete asshole because there was no one else around and they were isolated. Well, you still know you're going to be on TV. Like a lot of people right now, what's happening is the campers are kind of saying, well, it's just a TV show, you know, we're not really that mean. But it's like, well, you're not really that mean. You're probably more mean because you probably toned it down a little for the cameras <laughs> knowing that this was going to be seen by anyone who wanted to watch it. So, you know, it's, yeah, you're isolated and stuff, but you still know that, you know, you can't say, like, kick her like a dog or Alonzo making threats to, like, McConaughey come to Buffalo so he can do whatever he's going to do to her. Like, right. you still know, like, you can't be saying things like that. No. But. Gotcha. Did did that play a lot on your mind? Like, I know this is going to be on TV. This is going to look good. This is going to be a crazy moment. Well, I mean, I'm pretty not like I obviously want it to be relevant um, because you're thinking about the challenge, of course. But for me, it comes very naturally. So, like, you know, you know, in your head, you want to be funny and you want to say good things. And obviously, that's I think everyone does that. But for me, I feel like if you keep it real, people appreciate that. Like my favorite characters have always been people that. I feel like aren't really camera, uh, what is it, like camera divas, where they're purposely like fighting with people because they know it'll get on and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I, I kept it real, and this is, like, I'm just a natural, really. Um, so I don't know how I'd act if I was not naturally like this, but for the, it was such a relief because for the first time, I can finally let it go. You know, you go to work, you kind of have to – you can't really say everything you want to say because you might get fired, right? right? But for me, going out there, it's like you can say whatever you want, and uh, it'll be it'll be you know funny. And I'm not see obviously some people can get in trouble on TV, like you think about like Big Brother 15 and stuff, where but that's like race that's like racist things. So I don't have to worry about like faking it for that because I I don't say those things. So. For me, I just let loose. I was myself. And then, okay, so there's specific spots where obviously I was doing stuff to be funny that I wouldn't do if it wasn't recorded. Maybe I would, but like, you know, the handphone thing with Chris when he invited me to his temptation. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was kind of like, all right, well, when one of us gets to temptation, when that day comes, everyone knows we're going to take each other. So, we're, you know, we're talking about this. And I'm like, look, here's what we're going to do. He didn't <laughs> know what Chilltown was or. You know, he didn't know Big Brother, like Will and Boogie. Are you familiar? I don't watch Big Brother, actually. Well, you need to watch, basically need to uh, Google uh, Dr. Will or Mike Boogie or Google or YouTube Chilltown. It's the best reality TV of all time. By far (laughs) the best. Um, And I was kind of just paying homage to them with that. So like a spot like that, obviously, that was something that I told him about like this is what we're going to do but I kept it real and I think that's why I think that's why people appreciate it so much um and that it comes naturally to me so I really don't have to worry about 
going out of my way too much to fight for like camera time or anything like that honestly like this is the perfect spot for me um in life like it's it's so funny it's just like i love reality tv and i feel like i was just made for this honestly (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) um obviously you've you're big on getting on the challenge. Um, I think you're the pretty much the only person from this show who could possibly be in the running. Um, and you've already well, McC- there's a there's a girl named McConnie. Oh yeah. That, geez, she's good. I feel, I feel like, like she would be, be great from yeah athletically. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah she but is. Um, uh, she ran. She's serious about competing. Yeah, just to say that you can tell. Um, but. Besides her, I don't see anyone else getting a call, and you're definitely a front runner. Um, but do you think talking so much about it and putting it out there that you want to be on the show is kind of putting a target on your back for if slash when you do get the call? Yeah, so it is, <laughs> I do think it is, actually. And I was thinking about this when I listened to your podcast with Corey. Yes. Um, because you asked, why do you guys hate Are You The One? And it's a funny question because there's no fucking reason. There's no reason for one person to hate another person because of the show they got on. I think we were all in the same boat when we were trying to get on whatever show we were trying to get on. And I'm pretty sure if a specific, if you take a specific individual from Real World and they applied for Real World and for whatever reason they're like, hey, look, we don't want to put you on Real World, but are you down to do Are You the One? They would have said, hell yeah. Of course. And when you're trying, like when you're doing this stuff, a lot of times it's kind of like the, uh, it's like my little brother, Caleb, he's 12 years old. He's like my best friend. He tells me when he plays the claw machine, he's like, look, man, you got to take what's on top. You might want that stuffed animal, but if this one's on top, you can't go for the one at the bottom. So it's kind of <laughs> like, look, if real world wants you, you go on real world. If are you the one wants you, you go on are you the one, unless you're in a relationship or something like that. But there's no reason to hate someone because of the show they're on. And what's really interesting now is like, I was thinking like, if I'm the only person on the challenge from stranded, I'm really by myself and everyone else has their people from their show. Right. Yeah. But check this out. So the way it's developed over the past like few years, since Ari the one came into the game right away, everyone hated Ari the one and they still, people talk about, I hate Ari the one. I don't want them on the show. And it pisses you off when people are like, oh, I don't want him because he's from this show. Well, it's like, do you realize that, like, if you look at me as an individual, like, I'm more competitive and, you know, just better for the show than, like, this individual? It does, it's an individual basis. It, it would be like saying all people of a certain ethnicity just suck at this because of that, because of their ethnicity. It's like, just because you're on a show doesn't mean you're not good for the challenge. But anyways, what what has happened is, like, are you the one people – have gotten so sick of real rollers and challenge vets being like, screw you, you're from Are You The One, that they actually can relate to me a lot. And like all the people from MT- like cast that's hit me up on social media from MTV yeah. that are like, dude, I love what you do. Like I'm a big fan. I would do Stranded similar to how you're doing it. Most of them are Are You The One. And they kind of can relate because they're like, it's so frustrating. Like, why do people dislike me just because I'm from Ari the One? I played, I played Division One football. I played Division One basketball. And then you got random people from Real World that have never even played sports in their lives, it seems. And the challenge is like, 
a prereq for the challenge. You got to keep it diverse. You got to keep, you know, you got to have people that appeal to different demographics and stuff. But like the one thing everyone should have in common is that they're competitive. Even if they're not good at competing, at least like be really competitive. Yeah. And there's a lot of individuals from Are You The One that are like badass competitors. They played elite at elite levels of competition in sports. And it's dumb to just say, oh, they're from Are You The One. They shouldn't go on. So I think there'll be people that can relate to me um, coming from Stranded because they're like, dude, I went through the same crap when I was cracking in from already the one like people not wanting me here so it's interesting how that is how that seems like it's it's working but it definitely puts a target but like okay here's another thing mm-hmm. like it was so weird because i was listening to, i just listened to Corey's podcast and i got his angle from it yeah but it seemed like he kind of contradicted himself because he was like at the beginning of the podcast he talked about how he wanted to get on real world since he was a little boy and then he was like, well, I hate the people on Are You The One because they're so thirsty to get on the challenge. And it was like, wait, didn't you just say you were thirsty to get on too, like, growing up? Like, it's a, you can't blame someone for wanting to get on the challenge. Right. Like, wh- put, put yourself in my shoes, right? I did a show for MTV. I've, I can't go on any other channels for, like, two years or whatever it says. This is my only option. So, yeah, I want to do the challenge versus not doing anything. Now, if I could pick to do whatever I wanted, maybe the challenge, I wouldn't be so excited to be on the challenge. But this is kind of put yourself in my shoes. And I think anyone who goes on Real World wants to do the challenge. And it's like one of those things, like, are they just like not admitting it because they think they're worried that they won't look cool to fans or something? But it's like, I think everyone wants to get on the challenge that goes on any three of these shows. Right. That is for sure the end goal. And anyone who is saying otherwise is a damn liar. Um, But when it comes to the are you the one versus real world, whatever um, thing from talking to Devin, talking to Sarah, talking to a bunch of people, it seems like the real worlders think are you the one is a vacation. So they don't have that excuse with you, first of all. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah. So well, it'll be interesting to see what their next excuse is, I guess. I know. They'll find something. And they'll say that there's they still have there's money. Of they'll course. Be like, well, real world, we were broke. We had to pay for our own alcohol. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> well, people well, said no, they were in we, debt. We had to pay too. We had to pay five thousand dollars for a pizza, so can't <laughs> right. really go that that way either. Right, right. Um, but from a fan perspective, I think that I didn't watch Are You the One until I saw people coming on the challenge and saw this as like a pool yeah. for the challenge. And now I love Are You the One. Yeah. So I can see both sides of the I, argument. I love second chances. Like that show, like it's kind of funny now because now Are You the One has their own competition show. And Real World, there's not really a way they can twist Real Worlders to get on it or anyone else to get on it. So I was kind of, when I watched Second Chances and saw how cool that show was, did you see the first episode? Yeah, sure did. You you favorited my tweet. Nice. That <laughs> must be how we, how you, all right. But yeah. So yeah, that's how we connected. That, I, was, I was like, good for Are You The One. I was like, good for them, man. They take all this this heat from like longtime challenge fans and like, see, I'm a longtime challenge fan too. So it's like, you guys hate me, but you realize that like, there's not billions and billions of challenge fans. Like if I meet someone at school and they like, okay, so that's me and Autumn's first conversation right there. Like when we met each other, 
we both watched the challenge and it was kind of like, Hey, well, I don't know anyone who watches it. So like we kind of, as challenge fans, we kind of got to stick together a little bit and people don't realize that like these people that want to get on the challenge, want to get on it for a reason because they appreciate the competition. Um, but yeah, good for all you, the one with second chances because I personally found, I found that first episode of second chances more entertaining than any episode of the challenge so far this season. I mean, <clears throat> that elimination between Zach and uh, Darrell was pretty sweet, but Are You the One Second Chances, to me, is pretty entertaining from what I am a, a fan perspective. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see the potential there, but I'm actually cracking up because um, you said you met your girlfriend on Tinder on your yeah. um, profile for Stranded, and I met my boyfriend on Tinder, and then nice. we like were eating dinner or something, and I was like, I need to go home and watch the challenge. And he said, <laughs> what? I watched the challenge. I just saw Laurel on the street the other day. And we were like, oh, shit. Like, this is this is going somewhere. We're meant to be. <laughs> so yeah, two and a half years later. That's how it was for me, too. That's, that's hilarious. That's how it was for me, too. It's funny. MTV, bringing people <laughs> together. Oh, man. I'm dying. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, you're a big fan of the challenge. Who are some of your favorite competitors? I saw that you um, your pin tweet is from Derek, who is a challenge yeah, legend. That was cool. That was such, man, that will probably be my pin tweet for a while because, um, you know, I, what I said in my, my uh, you know, quoted it and said some words was like, it means so much coming from him. So he endorsed me. Uh, so... Okay, so I probably wouldn't be promoting myself to be on the challenge at all right now if it weren't for MTV having a competition where the most hashtags, you know, they are allowing fans to vote. Right. So, like, that's kind of what got me going, and now it's like I can't stop. I just keep talking about it. Um, But (laughs) Derek, man, he's just got so much heart, and it's like that's what's missing from the challenge today. Like, if, if the competitors could just watch all of Derek's eliminations, like, if that was a prereq before they start, before your rookie season of the challenge, they <laughs> sit you in a room and they make you watch Derek's eliminations. It would, I think that, I think that there would be less quitting. I think people would be more pumped and it would just be a better product. So, like, to me, that dude embodies everything that makes the challenge so great to me. And for him to give me his endorsement, like, openly like that, it was really awesome, and it meant a lot to me. It was uh, it was special. For sure. That's amazing. <clears throat> um, any other favorites? I liked, uh, I, well, when I started watching, you know, my second season of Real World was Austin, and I always liked Wes. I liked how he was so cocky, but he also backed it up. I mean, his rookie season was freaking insane. Uh, how he went into like almost every elimination. He had one of the weakest partners, Casey, yeah. uh, who was like a who was like adorable, but she just wasn't a good competitor. And he was just he would literally carry all of her weight. And uh, it was cool to me because he was very cocky and he also backed it up. Um, I'm sad that he's let himself go. And I always tell him he needs to put a gem in um, his his new uh, company headquarters <laughs> that he just expanded to. I'm like, dude, just put a gym in there. Like you're making a new new headquarters like put a gym in there and work out a little bit um but old school west um derek is at the top ct is like he's he's i love ct because he's he's as real as it gets like you asked me about do you ever like say things for the cameras and stuff 
it's like CT literally never, for sure, you can just tell, he never does things for the camera. He's the most, the, as real as it gets, and he's just such a, such a great combination of, like, of like he's good at like getting the girls he's good at hooking up for that side of the show he's great at challenges obviously he's good he's good at fighting people so he's like he literally is like the perfect he was built for the challenge um so ct derek um those i like abram a lot too i love how abram flips the switch and just goes fucking crazy um (laughs) when he wants to i feel i feel like i uh I feel like I could, I feel like I can relate to Abram probably the most out of anyone, but I mean, who knows? I don't know any of them personally, but um, when I watch Abe, I I feel like we're kind of the same type of uh, person where like integrity and loyalty and stuff like that means a lot to him. And like he, you can see, like you could just see like when he gets mad, he tries to stay calm, but like he can't. And it just is really weird, like really passive aggressive. Um, yeah, I, I like him too. So there's a few names for you. I mean, I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of right now, but those are the top people. I mean, Derek's at the probably at the top of the list, honestly. Love it, love it. Yeah, Abram's intense. He scares the shit out of me. I really think he's gonna hurt someone every time he like goes <laughs> off. But um, I love it. Yeah, I, um, love it. I also saw that you started a GoFundMe to raise money for Sarah after Bananas yeah. stole her money. And she. Did you ever get that to, to her? Uh, yeah, I've been trying. So if she can hit me up, like, I tried for a long time, and it was to the point where it was like, all right, obviously she's, like, ignoring me. Um, <laughs> so I ended up just, like, not collect, not being able to collect it. Because I was like, look, Sarah, all you got to do, I set this up for you, all you got to do, get the GoFundMe. I don't know why she didn't or why she didn't respond, but I thought that was kind of – I thought it was funny. You know, reality TV GoFundMes are funny to me, but – um I guess like it just it never worked out, but I certainly tried very hard to. But All right. about it. Well, we had an interview with her too, so maybe I'll reach out see what was up with that. Um, let's see. Um, so your girlfriend you've talked about a little bit, Autumn. Um, is she really supportive of you going on all these reality shows? Yeah, she's great because I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of like whenever I set a goal for myself, I just go crazy and just attack it. Um, no matter how far-fetched it is. And she's great because she always supports me in that. And um, I know a lot of people or a lot of girls probably would think I'm crazy and want to support me. Um, I know back, like, when I was 18, I started applying for Survivor, and my ex-girlfriend, who my girlfriend at the time, was, like, making fun of me a little bit. And uh, we broke up. When we broke up, I was thinking, like, you're going to, you know, Russell Hans, you're going to eat those words. Uh, That's what he says. And uh, it's cool to have Autumn support me so much because it's just, you know, you need it, really. And uh, she's, she's just perfect. Um, we're, we're a perfect match. If we, could get into the, if we could get into the truth booth, like, they sh- if we could get a truth booth, we would be confirmed for sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think you just have to put your hands on adjacent iPads, and then it'll just tell you. <laughs> on the TV screen, like, Bluetooth connect to- they should just make an app. Oh, my God. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> make an app that does that. That'd be funny. Oh, my God. That'd be great. Um, is there anyone from Stranded that you stay in touch with? Yeah. Uh, Chris and McConney. Um, I am thankful. Like, when I went in, 
I wanted to make some tight relationships with people because always, you know, you always see like you think of, uh, you know, like Landon and MJ seems like they were boys like Danny and West and Real World Austin. Mm-hmm. You see these bromances. You see people with tight relationships. They, they, they share something in common that nobody else on the planet shares in their experience on uh, whatever show they did. So I wanted to make, you know, lifelong friends. And uh, I think I've, I've found those in Chris and McConney. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful for them because I definitely would have. It's My relationship with McConney is just, it's, it's so fascinating because you just, a lot of times on TV you see the same storylines over and over. And, like, with us, it's crazy. It's just so unique. Um, and it's refreshing because we are so close but it's like a brother sister bond and we're so different in real life. And it definitely taught, it taught me a lot um, after meeting her, just being more open-minded with people and realizing that you, you know, you never know, no matter how different somebody is from you, you can, you could become, you know, close friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, And then you said that some cast members from other MTV shows had reached out to you. Um, is there anyone from there that you have become friendly with or even just met up with? Um, I'd say I haven't met up with anyone. Um, but what's interesting is John from season four of Are You the One actually went to high school, like the rival high school from me. Oh, no and we way. have a lot of we have a lot of mutual friends. Like on Facebook we had like over a hundred mutual friends and uh, I thought that was kinda of funny. But um <sighs> everyone thinks I'm gonna be on the challenge. So that's probably why that's why a lot of people hit me up really i feel like you know you have to butter up the rookies so that you can manipulate them it's <laughs> like the that's the way that it works kind of you know so i think that's what kind of sparks most of it but awesome awesome um so that's all i have for you um is there anything else you want to talk about or shout out your social media so people can you know stay up to date with what you're up to yeah honestly if they're listening to this and don't follow me that's remarkable but everything's cody thrive on uh twitter instagram snapchat it's all just cody thrive and um my youtube channel is cool because i feel like one of the things we're talking about what would make stranded better if they focus less on the drama and more on the strategy side of things they almost focus on the strategy like none at all and what i do on youtube is i hit the points that people miss or that people ask about so if you have a question, just send it to me and I'll answer it in depth on YouTube. That's what I'm doing there. Um, and you can find that on all my other social media. So that, awesome. that's not hard to find. Awesome. That sounds really cool. Something we should all check out. Um, yeah. So thanks for joining me again. Um, this was really fun and insightful. Um, I hope you're on the challenge because I think that would be really fun. Um I don't even know. I'm like excited, but you need to get some rivals next time you're in there so you can come on a future more, season. You know, you got to play more ahead. athletic. <laughs> well, I have a ton of rivals. I just need more athletic rivals. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But, All right, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope listen- so too. Oh, yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, check me out at sephpetit underscore s-e-p-h-p-e-t-i-t underscore make sure you're checking collegecandy.com as well as our twitter and facebook and instagram feeds lots of fun stuff there on all your favorite reality shows and yeah follow cody and see what's up with him and hopefully we'll see him again all right so everyone have a good time see you later bye